What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome back to the one and only Cavs the Podcast, featuring commentary from all of your favorite Cavs the Blog bloggers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to Cavs the Podcast. It is the 2019 NBA tip-off pod. Uh, it's been a very long summer. What have we been about six months away from Cavalier basketball? Uh, at least, you know, regular season basketball. Um, and I think we all got... I compared the NBA preseason the other day to holiday relatives. Happy when it comes and happier when they leave. Um, <laughs> that's a great analogy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, it's just uh it's been a it's been a long uh couple weeks of the nba preseason so uh happy to have the real games and i got tom pestak here and making his podcast debut uh after uh some articles this summer and and more recently this fall ryan yankee um we'll, we'll forgive you your last name <laughs> yeah, I know. I really can't help it. My parents have been kidding. interviewed back in the day when, uh, like, the Indians were playing the Yankees in the nice. playoffs. There's old bad local news footage with it. Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, and I don't. I'm watching the Pelicans Raptors game, but I know that the World Series game one is on tonight. Um, but I don't know the score right now. Uh, anybody? Either you guys got a rooting interest in the World Series? Um. I guess I'm pulling for the Nationals. I, I have a lot of people that I work with that are Nationals fans because they're, you know, from the D.C. area. Yeah. Um, you know, when you got 
friends that are excited. So I'll go. With yeah, that. I'm probably pulling for the Nationals uh, just because the Astros won it last year, right? Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then the Tony Kornheiser Show crew all are Nationals fans, so that's probably my go-to pod sports podcast. So, but yeah, cool, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Be a, a cool story if they could bury their postseason demons this year. Well, and, and they're, also, huge, they're huge underdogs too. So yeah, I'm and always also for coming the all the way. Yeah, coming all the way from the wild card. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'm pretty useless when it comes to baseball. It's, I'll follow it a little bit, but um, yeah, as soon as the Indians are out, my postseason yeah, that, interest is kind of dwindled. That's pretty much me. So now, now I'm watching uh, Nick Nurse lose his mind. Yeah, I'm watching that too, actually. Yeah, me too, and it's been pretty hilarious. <laughs> <coughs> Although I don't know if anybody had a better summer than Nick Nurse. I mean, he just was kind of everywhere, and. Uh, Coach Team Canada, and then did they play in FIBA? I don't even think they did. They qualify? I can't remember. But I thought they did. Yeah, they did, but they didn't do very well. But then he was also on stage with like different rock bands in Toronto, and just you know looked like he had a pretty fun summer. All those Raptors, uh, except for you know Kawhi. Raptor fans. No, Kawhi looked like he had the best summer ever. He had was every- he hanging out in Canada celebrating? He had a, he was a little bit uh, early on, but you know, and then he decided to go to L.A. So, um, but anyway, uh, I guess that kind of uh, takes us into the NBA a little bit. Um, any so Cavs news? There hasn't been much uh, other than you know people talking about uh, the John Beeline struggles. Um, I know anybody who watched those two Celtics games. And didn't come away concerned is uh, a little bit of a uh, a homer. Let's put it that way. Uh, we have a uh, a certain person uh, on the blog has made a uh, skulking return uh, to uh, to emphasize how stupid I am. <laughs> Which you I should feel I, proud. It's your foil. I I I guess I would be more like upset but it's like it, i don't even feel like i'm out on an island here like i have been at some points in the past i mean when rachel nichols you know ultimate nba trend follower is questioning how good the uh the Cavs are going to be this year after they lost by 46 and then 23 uh to the celtics i i don't think i'm in the minority here i there are not very many people that have picked the Cavs either second to last or last, there aren't haven't been many people that finished or that have picked them above that. So, to Ryan, be fair though, yeah, the Rachel Nichols piece was a little bit poorly done in their whole like her going back and forth with Kendrick Perkins about how the Cavs are s- screwing up their rebuild because they're behind the Hawks. Oh, which I, is I, like really? Nah, I, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, there's there's a murders, I, mean, I get the point though. There's a Sorry. murderer's row of NBA intellectualism there. So yeah. <laughs> um. So Ryan, give me the case uh, that the Cavs are going to be better than we think. Uh, okay. Well, what that's... do we think? Well, I guess. <laughs> yeah, okay. So give me. Okay. Let's. Uh, so we're going to do some over unders uh, later. So let me give you uh, NBA sports book over under for the Cavs. I should have had this pulled up already, but. Um, 
Projected winds. They're totals. making another Terminator. Yeah. Oh, it, it's done made. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming out November first. So the Cleveland Cavaliers over under is uh, twenty four. Okay. Now, to be fair, I think that's a reasonably good guess. I think there's plenty of opportunities for them to do better than that, but it's, I, I'm not going to hardcore push that, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to hit 30 or anything like that. Just the biggest thing that I have going for the fact that they can win that many games is just the massive differences of Kevin Love. Now, if he gets injured right away, then obviously they're in big trouble. But so much of the team last year functioned directly off of him, and especially Jetty was a transcendently better player with Love. I mean, even yeah. the first four, four games last year, he had so many more assists than he had later in the season because literally half of his assists were directly to Kevin Love. Yeah, And, and anyone that thinks Jetty's going to be a legit first option on a good team is delusional. I like Jetty, but that's not what he is. But when he's your third option, he can be really, really dangerous. He can have that streak of games where he keeps breaking his personal records. And then he actually gets to play make when he's actually scoring. So things like that make me think the Cavs could be dangerous, especially, you know, to teams that aren't preparing for him and having some good surprise wins. Playoffs, that's really pie in the sky. I can't see that being possible. I mean, it is possible because it's the NBA and anything can happen. But, yeah, no. Yeah. Tom, so I think, yeah, what over you under, at, over I, under I, at 24 and a half. I'm going to go under because okay. they were one of the worst defensive teams in history last year and they lost Nawaba. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't, yeah. I didn't really see any improvements on the defensive end. So they're going to be a historically bad defensive team again. And it's just hard to win games. And I think um, the league. This is going to be more competitive this year than previous years. I don't think you'll have as many teams openly tanking, um, at least not till late in the season. So I think um, you know, you'll have less sort of like nights where you can just count on a win, which you know can help you get your your win totals above above something like twenty four. So I, I think it's probably going to be more like with something like you know eighteen nineteen wins, and it'll be a rough season, but. Um, I think as long as, you know, expectations are, are reasonable, then we can try to uh, enjoy player development, right? Which is something yeah. that we didn't really see that much really in the last, I don't know, 18 plus years. We haven't seen a lot of player development. And we certainly didn't see it the second time LeBron came back when the mandate was like win now at all costs and just empty the empty the cupboard. Um, it, so it now we have left, a chance for uh, it left David Griffin crying in the closet after yeah, the well, championship <laughs> and it it's so it's going to be a different a different sensation as Cavs fans you know we're going to have to try to appreciate you know some of the young players and and what they're capable of and and how the team kind of gels and I mean I enjoyed last year watching the growth of uh, Colin Sexton so yep. hopefully we'll get more of that and you just try to understand, you know, what it is you have, and you just hope that the team plays hard. Gives you some exciting games from time to time. Yeah, and I love it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Uh, so a lot of that I really agree with, and again, it's getting over 24 is going to be a challenge. 
I just can't help but drop in on the first comment about the historically bad defense, which it was, and their defense will be really bad again. But that stat is horrifically misrepresented how it keeps being repeated. Because the stat in question that everyone's talking about, about defensive rating, goes back to about 92, 93, or 72, 73, rather. And, you know, that is fair. That's a really long time to be the worst defense in. But the NBA itself, as a whole, had the worst defense since 72 or 73 last year. The scoring over the last two years has jumped almost 10 points per game. And so while their defense was bad, the historically bad, I think just comes off a little hyperbolic sometimes because the entire league is moving that way, especially with all the points of education uh, things last year about uh, freedom of movement, how there were all kinds of whistles at the beginning, how they keep handicapping defenses and offenses keep getting more and more efficient. It's, yeah, the Cavs need to fix it, but the historically bad is a little bit unfair. I'll, I'll agree with that, but, um, yeah, you know, it's a twofold question. Historically bad in relation to everyone else? No. In his, in the league at that time? Historically bad in relation to NBA all time? Well, the NBA's nerf defenses. So it, it is right. a historically bad defense because you can't, play defense in the nba like you used to so it it, it's definitely going to be different um and i think the league is still adjusting to that um you're gonna need range it's going to be a wings league as we talked about especially from a defensive standpoint you know to be a good defense now you've got to have a really good shot blocker um as the back line of your defense but also a shot blocker that can switch in isolation and uh and in pick and roll and then you've got to have really good wing defenders uh that can pl- defend multiple positions and there just aren't that many of those guys in the league um so there's always going to be weak links on on defense so it, it's going to be interesting to see what this season brings but i'm watching this game now and it's 88 84 at the end of the third and you know there's stretches in this games where guys are trading teams are trading five threes in a row you know, yeah, so absolutely. Just, teams are just letting it fly. So, no, I will give the NBA a little bit of credit for their points of education this year. Have started to emphasize, first of all, traveling, which everyone does, and if they keep calling it this way all year, it's going to get frustrating. But it does handicap the offense a bit, and they started influencing freedom of movement for defensive players as well. So you're going to see a few more offensive fouls for grabs on that side. It's not going to change everything, but at least they're making some little token effort to give something back to the defense. Yeah, and the other problem with that is it always gets called at the beginning of the season, and it always gets called on rookies and and young guys more often than everybody else. So it's a little bit unfair, and the Cavs are probably going to be a victim of that. And then... They always call offensive fouls on screens, etc., until you know crunch time, and then you're basically just allowed to grab people. So yeah, which that gets frustrating because yeah, then it just becomes a non-consistent game. It's yeah, you know why I I want to give them credit for it, and as I said, I do agree that becomes a problem when they say, "Oh, we're going to do all this," but really, just to the rookies and teams, no one really cares about, and then we'll forget about it in about three months. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it it all depends on if they call things consistently in the playoffs. So, um, Tom, I wanted to ask you a follow up question, and both of you guys really. Yeah. 
Uh, what does success look like? What would you consider a successful season for the Cavs this year? I think if they could win, you know, 30 games, that would be, you know, a 11 game increase from last year. You would look at that and say, okay, well then in order for that to happen, um, they gelled well. Uh, Sexton, you know, proved to be, um, you know, better than a replacement level player. Um, as a, as a sophomore, which is pretty good, right? Because it takes, it takes young players a long time to get good at defense and, um, and especially at the guard positions to figure out, you know, what their role is. Um, I think, uh, I think make any, any moves throughout the season to improve prospects for the future, whether it's making a splashy tr- trade um either to acquire you know young talent or you know kind of going in the other direction and offloading established players for draft picks um i think either of those things would be positive uh yeah i would say just trying to have fun start to build a culture and just oh the dreaded the the dreaded c-word (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it culture is like I don't necessarily just mean culture from like the players. I mean no, the whole I organization. Get I get it. I just feel like that is the corporate buzzword late like it is the it is the new multimedia of the nineties. <laughs> I feel like culture is everything. All these discussions I'm seeing all you know, Pat Riley. Uh, really let the culture slip in Miami, and that's why Dion just got suspended. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I know. I, I should that kind of that word. No, no, no. I, you're fine. No, I, 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 I just, you're I'm, given... I'm glad you called me out on it because if if I go back and listen to this, I'll be like, why'd you say that? That's a that's a <laughs> yeah. But you're, you're giving me uh, room to get on my soapbox, so I appreciate yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Just because other people ruin a word doesn't mean you can't use it. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I hate subjective stuff like that. In fact, it made me think because, you know, Lou Deng just retired. And oh, so I used yeah. to jokingly refer to Lou the culture changer Dang, who the Cavs brought in. And then <laughs> they went from a bad defensive team to an apocalyptically bad defensive team somehow. <laughs> and then within like uh, a week of being there, Lou Deng came out and basically said, this is like the worst team I've ever been on. <laughs> you know, he just year. retired as a bull. I know. That's what I'm saying. And that was the year. Uh, and that was the year of the Andrew Bynum experiment. That was the hashtag season of huh. Oh my god, that was yeah. And I feel like this season is even weirder in some ways. Like no, I, nothing could be weirder than that okay. Year. Yeah, nothing was weirder than that year. But there's some definitely weird things going on so far this year. Like for one thing, we got there's literally two wings that are healthy on the whole team right now. Um, which is crazy. Um, didn't they just pick up McKinney? Oh, okay. Yeah, technically three. They did pick up Alfonso McKinney. Yeah. And after the guy that was leading the team in offensive efficiency in the preseason, uh, Sandarius Thornwell, they cut, um, which kind of, to me, made no sense. And then, you know, kept him, kept like a seventh big man, on the roster. So that that made no sense. But the other thing that's going on right now is I've already gotten in a I already got into it on Cavs Twitter today about people that are like, "Well, Garland needs to be starting now." And I'm like, 
the guy literally did not play for longer than like 18 minutes in any game in the preseason. And now yeah. you want him to start getting starters minutes? Like that makes no sense at all. It doesn't make sense to me either. Like, so that's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. where you bring the C word into it and be like, as an organization, does that make a lot of sense? No. You know? And a lot of people are like, well, I guess he's looked really good in practice. And I'm like, well, yes, but practice is – we talk in practice. practice is a game. We talk in practice, Tom. We're talking about practice. Doesn't it make sense to let the rookies play against second stringers to try to bolster their confidence yeah. a little bit? Yeah, and I think I think they got a little bit lucky last year with Colin Sexton that he did turn it around towards the end of the season. Um, that could have gone completely the other way. Yeah, and I, I thought it would. You know, mid December, I was like, "Up oh, here we go again, another bust." And yeah. to his credit, I mean, he became a much more well-rounded player offensively, and was downright knocking down difficult long shots off the dribble and, um, and in the back half of the season. Literally a top fifteen three point shooter last year. Yeah, and it was weird because. No. He wasn't a terrible three-point shooter at the beginning of the season, but he was basically taking and making – it was like a Draymond Green three-point percentage. It's like people were sagging off. They were daring him to shoot. It was was a Rondo three-point percentage. Yeah, it was kind of out of rhythm, you know, and he made a couple of them. None of them would ever go in like a swish. They would always – kind of awkwardly hit the rim four times and somehow go in and you thought you okay that's every just... three-pointer Dilly's made in the preseason this year <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't look like a shooter's touch right yeah. and and then he had a, a month or two where nothing was going in and then teams were really daring him to shoot and then i mean he just he started getting more arc on his shot he looked more comfortable it, things were more in rhythm and by the end of the season people were respecting his three-point shot, and he was still making it off the dribble. Um, so that was really good to see. I mean, hopefully he doesn't have a Baker Mayfield-esque uh, sophomore <laughs> slump. <laughs> the Cavs got lucky with Sexton in the fact that he was the right type of person to be put in that situation. Yeah, And the, that situation, tons of players crack. And, you know, everyone heard about, you know, the type of, you know, hard worker and gym rat. And those are almost as bad a buzzwords as culture. Yeah, because they're uh, almost that, that, never you can almost never, you know, look at that and say, well, you can never make any kind of judgment based on that. People right. just and, say. And it, are you going to be like, all right, is the is the team going to say that if it's not true? Right. They're probably still going to say well, that they, if it's not true. Yeah. You know, well, so, I mean, Kyrie was lazy. You know that. Yeah. Supposedly, Anthony Bennett worked tirelessly on his game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor AB. Uh, he was still Speak- floating around the G League last year. I don't know where he's at this year. I'm, I may have to Google that. I mean, well, he's six foot nine. You know, and it, I mean, you got to think he could put it together, right? I don't know. Uh, you would. You would think. I don't know. I don't know where he's playing now. I, I got to imagine, I don't see him on a team in Europe, so he's probably going to be in the G League. Speaking of the uh, work discrepancy, though, did you guys catch the Kevin Love interview where he kind of tossed a little shade at Jimmy Butler? Oh, no. no. But everyone's talking uh, shade at Jimmy Butler. What did uh, Kevin well, Love no, say? 
just hilarious. It was in one interview and someone's talking about, you know, the hard work thing and, you know, people that come up, show up early and he's like, so, you know, are you going to try and push teams to your, your teammates to show up early and practice like Jimmy Butler showing up to practice at three 30 in the morning, you know, have everyone. <laughs> and love's just like, you know what? There's some things people do. That's just for show. He's a hard worker. That's fine. But that's just something people like to do. Yeah. So people talk about it. He also completely uh-huh. sabotaged his team in Minnesota. <laughs> so no kidding. with like the worst practice ever, like, but he worked really hard at sabotaging yeah, that team. Yeah, so exactly. no, and Jimmy Butler is like one of my favorite. Uh, like people always say, he's super competitive, but he's also like on the wrong team. Jimmy Butler will kill you, and you saw it on the Bulls. Yeah. You saw it yeah. on the t- on the Timberwolves, and now I'm just loving that. Uh, you know, Patrick, uh, not Pat, uh, the sockless curmudgeon, um, <laughs> Patrick Riley. <laughs> Uh, as E.G. calls him the sockless curmudgeon, um, Pat Riley is, quote-unquote, changing the culture in Miami. But we all know that the first BS that Jimmy Butler pulls, Pat Riley ain't going to say boo. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's easy to single out Dion because he's Dion, and it's easy to single out James Johnson, uh, who was supposedly not in the shape that Pat uh, Riley wanted him to be, but that that's always easy to do. We all know that when you needed Hassan Whiteside, you didn't say crap, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I I think it's pretty disingenuous. Calling out hypocrisy, Nate. Be I'm careful calling... where this podcast is going to lead. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking truth to power. <laughs> yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But um, so Cavs starting lineup. So do you think uh? Well, let me ask you the question I asked Tom first. What does success look like to you for the Cavs this year? And and I'm not, I guess, to take a little bit of response to what Tom said, to me it's not as much about win totals as it is about what you want to see from the players. So. Well, you stole my first sentence. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. But as much as I'm more optimistic about the possibility of them having more wins, I don't think it much matters. Uh, I think having some fun or impressive wins or be really good for the team, uh, the team's fan base and the team's overall, you know, uh, morale. But I don't think the wins are that big of a deal. Some of the things I'm looking at is, you know, first of all, love staying healthy enough to even be in this conversation. You know, love getting an all-star nod or close to an all-star nod or playing, you know, as if you should have. Uh, Sexton definitely needs to make rising stars this year. If he doesn't, that's a concern. Uh, maybe he shouldn't make it because after he didn't make it last year, he played a lot better. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, you know, again, in a perfect world where, uh, I'm more of talking about being good enough to make it. Um, if a couple of the rookies, I, I mean, I would assume Garland's going to make it, but maybe not. But if a couple of the rookies also get invites, I think that's a really good thing. And one other thing I really want to, I'd really like to see is any cab, just get any cab besides love, get attention as far as the all-star game. I don't really expect anyone else to even come close to getting a nod. But if someone starts collecting votes and has that good of a season. What if it's not even attention for the all-star game? What if it's like one of the all-star events, like Darius Garland, 
uh, gets invited to the skills challenge or uh, Sexton the makes the three-point contest or they have Larry yeah, Nance I, back to the dunk contest. Would that be – is that qualify? Yeah, no. I mean, that's <laughs> nice, and it's good for morale and stuff, but, I mean – all those things are well. No one else. I hate to tell you this, but no one else is going to come close to an all-star nod for the Cavs. Oh, I don't think they really will. But yeah. if they get a couple of votes and someone even for a moment considers it, that's showing that someone's at least having to push. That's all I'm talking about. Okay. I mean, I don't think anyone other than Love has a even remote chance of actually making it. But it's just I don't know little things like that, like someone stepping up enough to notice it. And beyond that, you know, it's several of the key players doing the things that, you know, we like to believe they're going to be able to do. Nance, you know, functioning still well as a three-point shooter and keeping up his assist rate in the new system. Jetty figuring out his confidence issues so he doesn't spend the first half of games breaking every long-distance shot that he takes and being a little more integrated into the offense. And then a bit of a look into uh, Sexton and Garland to see if that combination is at all feasible in the future so yeah i don't think it's wins and losses uh it's just seeing things that can make you hopeful for next year and the year after i think that's a a fair reading um i uh i'm close with that i i do i guess my biggest goal for the season is chetty osman to not be awful uh and yeah to he, he needs to he needs to elevate he needs to yeah elevate his game uh or they need to look to trade him i guess he didn't get an extension so uh he'll be a uh, restricted free agent next summer which actually i think is good because there's only about four teams with cap room and supposedly or with lots of cap room and supposedly the salary cap is going to go down by about three million next year so i think the Cavs are smart to kind of have as much cap room as they can and more for basically to get guys coming off of contracts from other teams than for them to you know go after free agents which it's looking like a pretty thin free agent class at this point next year but um but yeah i'd like to see kevin love be in healthy and in the all-star game i'd like to see larry nance get a sane and consistent role uh, yeah, Larry Nance. That's really important, I think. Been with this team for a year and a half, and one of the guys that was most impacted by the NBA height relisting. Did you guys see his relisted height? No, six seven is what. What? They say. Yeah, I'm like I that's thought that be right. Six seven without shoes. Yeah. No, granted, everyone drops about an inch without shoes, so that's yeah. you know LeBron in NBA tall. height at six eight. Height. But. In the remeasure, LeBron got taller. Really? Yeah. That's well, surprising. I'm sure that LeBron had them him put them him. Yeah, on he, a, he put him on. Him a, they put him on a rack before he, he the stretch. He hung upside down on a rack and stretched out for like six hours to to gain that extra couple inch before that. You know he did. <laughs> Can I make a quick science take about LeBron? The yeah. One thing that I have a feeling is at least theoretically possible how he could gain an inch there is the one weakness LeBron's body has had uh, has been his back, right? I mean, pretty much Roger's career. That's the one thing that sometimes has got to him. Had him really rough for us, uh, what, in 15, 16 or the year after? I forget which. And then he got with, you know, trainer for specific core exercises, <laughs> back exercises. 
it's somewhat possible to me that he improved his back and improved his posture enough that he's actually standing taller than he used to. Uh, I mean, uh. not more than an inch, but I, I could see an inch difference there with how he's able to carry himself. If he's built up his back muscles. Yeah, you could you, be right. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't seen too much on the relisting of heights. I mean, I think both Colin Sexton and Darius Garland are six one. Was the official? Yeah. I don't think anybody like. There wasn't a lot of surprises with the Cavs, um, so I don't know. Uh, one thing that will be a success to me is if they move Jordan Clarkson sooner rather than later. Um, I think this whole notion of him being the quote unquote wolf shot hunter <laughs> that beeline wants <laughs> in the offense is like i'm like what is that that sounds like the that that's the ricky davis role you know what i mean that's dangerous i mean i commented on something that i'm hoping that's what was telling the media to explain having to deal with using clarkson there and he's telling clarkson the complete opposite but yeah but uh, yeah, i'm I, not 100 confident of that i don't think Clarkson is I like that's not a way you can treat Clarkson because he's not a guy that you can talk to the media one way and talk to him personally another way. That's just yeah. No, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's not that guy. I mean, you could probably have that discussion with Tristan. He seems to understand that level of nuance, but I don't think anybody else. Clarkson's not that guy. So yeah, I well, think love you could talk to that way as well. Well, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, to me, another uh, would be, yeah, they flip some of these vets for um, assets. Uh, they have a lot of expiring contracts between Clarkson and Tristan Thompson and... Uh, What's Brandon Knight's situation? Brandon Knight is the other one. I, I couldn't think of it. Yeah, he's on the last year. He's making like $12 million. He yeah. had a really good preseason, and I'm a little bit surprised there isn't some talk of him starting. Um, yeah. I I would think the move would be to start him and then let, quote-unquote, Clarkson kind of earn it uh, rather than just handing it to him out of the gate because he really hasn't done anything. You mean Garland. Garland, that's what I meant. Yeah. Hasn't done anything out of the gate to uh, really merit I mean, he's had some nice plays, but I think you got to let him show it in games before you... Yeah, I agree, but disagree slightly in the fact that I, I agree that Garland should probably start with the second unit, and even not even aside from earning it, I think it just would be better for him and allow him to make the adjustment that he didn't even get to really make in college. But as far as Knight, I would start Delhi before I'd start Knight. Not saying that Delhi's better, but Delhi's a better passer. And between Sexton and Garland, Garland's a better passer. See, my so, problem with Delhi is he literally cannot score right now at all. Uh, he he's been anemic in the preseason scoring. I don't know if some of that has been his thumb injury um, on his shooting hand, but he's been just not able to score at all. He can't score on a floater, can't make a layup, can't hit a three point shot. And I think you're playing four on five. It doesn't matter how good of a passer you are. If everybody's going under the screen and daring you to shoot, and you're playing four on five on, on offense, um, and that's I, what Delhi is right now. Until he can prove that he's healthy, I would I'd start Knight. 
I still think Love adds enough to offensive to the offense in the starting lineup to cover a bit of that, and Delhi's enough better than Knight on the defensive end. That I, I still I still feel like that passing is going to be more important in the first unit. Although to be fair, if they do run more of the playmaking through Jetty, then yeah. I, I see your Knight argument. I just don't see them doing that. I really wish they would, but I don't see them they, doing. Well, he still led the team in assists several games this preseason, so. Yeah, I think you really need to start getting some good two-man games going with, like, Delhi and Larry Nance Jr. on the uh, the pick-and-dive and Delhi and, and um, Kevin Love with the pick-and-pop. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I didn't really see a lot of that in the preseason. I'm not no, really sure we, we saw what, a lot what they're of doing on offense. Very strange offense in the preseason. Yeah. Um, and supposedly what I've heard is it's very, very read-heavy, which I guess is okay, but, you know, Benworth, his last point forward where he basically said they don't run anything going towards the basket and the NBA yeah. is all about gravity. And right. yeah. until they do, this read option offense just kind of makes no sense. Plus, you know, I had mentioned it and I don't I don't think Ben really touched on it, but a lot of that is very wing heavy. You know, you're giving wings the option to come out and make reads and make decisions. Cavs don't have many wings, <laughs> so it doesn't make a lot of sense. I Yeah, when you're on a team full of bigs and guards, you would think you'd be pretty pick-and-roll heavy. Yeah, well, and if they don't have a bunch of wings, I also think that is, you know, even further strained by the fact that I don't think they really are using Jetty right a lot of the times. Oh, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Um, and then you've got, yeah, Kevin Porter Jr., Seems to be taking on uh, Jordan. It seems to be Jordan Clarkson Jr. in terms of just hunting for shots that don't always make a ton of sense. So I hate to see his role become that because I think he can really, as a three-four combo, has some real potential. But I I don't think you're going to actually see that much. So I think he's going to just be kind of given the green light on the on the deeper part of the second unit. So we'll see. I- I got a quick question for you uh, about your kind of predictions in general, um, with, specifically with Jetty. What do you think is the biggest concern that he needs to be able to iron out this season to be to actually be a, more effective and be more useful? Not what the team has to do, but what he has to. I, I, Jetty needs better shot selection, so he needs to either become a knockdown three point shooter, or he needs to dial down his attempts a couple attempts per game and become more of a facilitator slash slasher. Um, that That's the biggest thing he needs to do. And he needs to get better on defense, uh, as everybody does on this team. So Yeah, obviously. Uh, and one of the big reasons I ask, I, I agree about the shooting thing. And I brought this up a few times on the blog, but I just kind of wanted to touch back on it, is what I think is so interesting about Jetty is how much the game is about his mindset and where he is and if he's getting in his own way. And the fact that if you look at last season, in the second half, he's one of the top three-point shooters in the league. In the first half, he's he should never be shooting threes. But oh, the second half, you're talking games, in the first half versus second halves of games. Right, yeah, in games, yeah. not of the season, sorry. Uh, but yeah, in the second halves of games, he shot 40% from three. In the first half, he shot 30%. Yeah, and it's almost like and he that to me is just such a big indicator. Up. Yeah, and you would yeah, think exactly. he'd have a coach that was, you know, telling him that, but they haven't figured that out yet. So I don't know. Yeah, 
The other thing I will say that success to me is that Beeline figures out that he's going to have to innovate and change very rapidly. Um, that his system, that he can't be a system coach in the pros. He's got to coach the players he has, not the system he has. And I don't, from what I saw in the preview preseason, he had not figured that out. Um, I mean, that Carson Edwards game was like brutal because it's like, you know, after the fourth time in two minutes that a guy makes a three, you call a timeout and you scream at your team to guard the guy, and that never <laughs> happened. Um, so I'm a little concerned there. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be any better than Larry Drew. Is he just another placeholder? I'd like to see some innovation and some adjustments and some, you know, feeling. I, to me, I'm not a huge college to pro guy, especially when they're that old. And I'm a little concerned that he can't change his stripes and that he's a little too, he's got a little too, I want to respect David Blatt, too much I want to respect Ugh. David Blatt in him. That That's my worry. Yeah. Now, in interviews, he said the right thing so far since preseason. You know, he said, that, well, well, I realize I can't put all my system into place right away. And, you know, maybe some of these things aren't going to work. But seeing how he actually acts is going to be a lot more important than a couple of blurbs he gives to, you know, Cleveland.com. Yeah. It's hard to evaluate coaches. I mean, one way you can do it is, um, you know, how creative are their out-of-bounds plays? You can do it based on lineups. You know, are they playing lineups that play well together? Are they, you know, things like consistency that I think most people agree would help a young team. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to evaluate coaches. I mean, we, for a long time, you know, we dealt with Byron Scott. And at the end, we were all like, yeah, I don't think this guy's a good coach. But (laughs) I don't know. It's just hard. We've seen, we've seen some, I mean, is Tyron Lue a good coach? I I, I don't know. No, the, uh, the, the proof in the pudding on Byron Scott was when the Lakers hired them when everyone in the league, I hired him when everyone in the league knew they were tanking. You know, he's, like, he's the perfect tanking coach. Well, the tanking thing makes it harder to even evaluate Beeline because, yeah. you know, even saying the Cavs aren't actively tanking, they're not built to win. And his job as a coach isn't to get them to the playoffs. His job as a coach is to get them better. So it's, you know, you can't even use all the normal metrics because, you know, like, is, is he playing the best lineups, for example? You know, it's kind of like, well, maybe not, but maybe there's a good reason that he's not. So, well, and to me, you've kind of hit on the fundamental flaw of the NBA right now is that I don't think you can actually get better by not trying to get better. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, success breeds success and failure yeah. breeds failure. And well, it, it, it yeah, because it makes it it makes it normal. You're normalizing yeah. loss and right? normalizing Absolutely. bad habits. And right. To me, you get used to it. You get used to losing a lot of games. And yeah. then yeah. you're in a tough game and you don't have that fight for your life type mentality. You're just thinking like, oh, we're going to lose again. Well, what's the big deal? We lose all the time. Right. Yeah, you and... don't want to deal with that pressure the right way or deal with the situation in a way like we have to win. It's just kind of like, well, I guess this is what we should have done. Yeah. Well, and to me, you look at the teams that have tried to tank 
Um, there's only one that's really been successful, and that's Philadelphia. And in a way, you can say they kind of just got lucky that they got Embiid and that they got, um, you know, Simmons. But you look at how many guys they whiffed on, and it's just ridiculous. Whereas you look at a team like Milwaukee or Boston or um, – and they kind of built it organically. They just finished just outside of the playoffs. They built – they drafted really well. Denver. Denver. Yeah, you, you've seen the screenshot come up, aren't you? Portland, you yeah. know. Um, What's so interesting about the 76ers, though, that totally reinforces your point is, you know, you talk about they were obviously blatantly super tanking for years. The two players that they drafted that actually turned out to be successes were the ones that didn't play with the team while they were losing. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, yeah, Embiid yeah, was out point. for years. Simmons was out for a year. They spent their time after college learning to be better players and learning the systems and not going out there trotting out night after night to just lose with no expectations. I mean, yeah. it's huge difference between all of their other gigantic, you know, whiffs. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, although Noel didn't play his rookie season either. Okay, he, well, he could. Okay, I, I'm not sure he, which. He, he got injured, but he he started this season. Yeah, but he missed. Most he missed a lot season. of it, but yeah. it wasn't like Embiid yeah. missed the whole season. Yeah. Well, yeah, Embiid missed two years. Yeah, uh, Noel and, did, but he did get hurt pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I think I think that's a really good that point. Uh, but the other answer to that is Phoenix, who's been terrible for years, and their tanking has gotten them nowhere. It's just made them worse. Absolutely. I mean, they almost... I I would argue that their tanking mentality led them to pass on a guy who was a winner to take a total prospect in Aiton instead of taking Donkic, which at this point seems like a gigantic miss, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. I I, I hope, and to that point, I think the Cavs roster construction is insane right now uh, with their wings. They don't seem to, like you look at the way that Boston just brought in talent up and down their lineup Whereas the guys the Cavs have at their end of their bench and training camp just seem like terrible players. Um, you know, that Hamilton guy and then Jarrell Martin, who I literally couldn't stand watching. Yeah, um, the kidding. knuckleball three-point shooter. You know it's bad when <laughs> AC is calling you out in preseason for shooting. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not wild about the way they're Ross. It, it almost felt like... Um, Kobe Altman was uh, guilted into p- making a waiver claim on uh, uh, Mc- Alfonso McKinney. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I can see that definitely. <laughs> like everybody's like, okay, I guess everybody's watching. I got to pick up this guy who probably could help the end of our bench, but I don't really want to. <laughs> I want to wait. I want to hold up two roster spots for some mythical, you know, late season addition. So I don't know. Uh, what about? Uh, so starting center for this team, who do you think the starting center is, Ryan? I think Tristan Thompson. Yeah. It's starting love at the center, and Beeline's answered this well as well so far. It's just not a good idea, especially when you're trying to implement this new kind of system, immediately playing your best player out of position. <laughs> and it's just uh, – I, I just think that's a mistake. And trying to push Nance to play center with, uh, with love is just uh, – 
that's also putting somebody really out of position and just giving them a chance to have a terrible year and do what they did to Jetty last year by putting him at the four constantly. See, I totally disagree with that. I think um, Nance's best role is high post center, but um, he's not a great uh, – he's overmatched defensively a lot of the times there. Um, he's a good switcher, but you get a guy like Embiid, and he's going to beat him up a little. But I totally think that high post center is Nance's natural role, and – I am, and I hate his role in the offense, which I, you know, I've covered in the blog. So hopefully that improves as the the season goes on. But um, I think he's a four five, not a three four. Uh, that See, I agree. There. I just yeah. don't want to put him as the center with love. Oh. If you play him at center with you know a four that's a little better defensively and you know yeah. can bang down with some people defensively, then I get it. But with yeah. With him playing as supposedly bigger than Love, I just feel like that's not going to end up working out in their favor. Yeah. Now, I will say that Love's defense was really underrated in the short time he played last year, and you've seen it a little bit in the preseason. Uh, he actually was pretty good uh, in terms of uh, field goal percentage against uh, last year. and It was near the top at one point yeah. last year. Yeah, and so, but yeah, to me, it's also Tristan Thompson, just because... He's the only guy that's really shown the fire in the preseason. Uh, he's kind of taken it on his, as a personal mission to, you know, bang down low and, you know, <laughs> beat up scrub bench centers, which I'm yeah. fine with. I mean, if, if you, at least he's got some passion for the game and, you know, he, he's, he, he's, uh, talking a little smack. I mean, I would much rather have that than some guy out there just going through the motions. So, yeah. Agreed. He, but he needs to play well. I mean, he does, and I think the book on—he's been very underwhelming for a long time. Yeah, the book on Tristan is he can't play through injuries well, and he had that Ironman streak, and then in the last two years, when he's been hurt, he's been noticeably terrible. Um, yeah, and when he's healthy, he looks like a solid player, but when he's hurt, he looks like you know an end of the bench guy. Be, and I think part of that is because he has no real offensive game to fall back on and he's not a shot blocker so if he doesn't have that athleticism it's just there's there's not a lot of other fundamentals there to fall to for him to be an effective two-way player no entirely because i mean yeah he's he defines himself as a hustle player that uses his athleticism to do things he shouldn't be able to do i mean so yeah when something's just slightly off with him he just completely falls apart but and I totally agree about the love take on defense as well. I mean, he's definitely not ever going to be, you know, defensive first team or like this big defensive stopper. But even the statistics for last year, when he was in, their defensive rating uh, improved by several degrees. And even in the games he played while he was not in, their defensive rating was higher than in games that he was just injured for. And that's just to speak to the entire team can function with a better lineup and better rotation when they have him as an option. Well put, uh, Tom. Uh, so who should start at center? I mean, I guess Tristan. Yeah. Okay. So who should start in the backcourt? Uh, I think I'd like to see Sexton and Delhi starting in the backcourt. Okay. What about what about you, Sexton and Delhi, Ryan? 
Yeah, I think that's that's where I am right now. That that is what I would like to see, but only if Delhi can bring some offense, which I'm yeah, concerned he needs about. Some but, yeah, he needs some of this stuff to start dropping. I, I agree with that take from you completely, but yeah. I still think overall, and drawing from a bigger sample size, that that's the best way to get started. Yeah, and I'm really think starting Garland out of the gate, starting the Sexland back up, backcourt out of the gate is a mistake. So, yeah. Definitely. So anyway, so we so give it I, up a million points every yeah. first. Year. So I don't know. Um, hold on one second. I'm gonna pause it. Oh, I got this weird feeling that it's like I feel like LeBron is just he's not he's not built anymore to play any defense in the regular season. It just takes too much energy for him to both do that and have the entire offense go through him. And he's never been interested in playing off the ball or being part of a, you know, a larger defense offensive identity. I mean, every team he's been on, the offense has revolved around him and his playmaking and it's worked, but it takes a lot of energy to do that. No, I see that. And like the one thing that, gives me the same feeling. I still think they will make it, but I've had the same kind of thoughts is that he's never functioned that well with a big as his second star. You know, it never, he never completely gelled it with love. You know, he wasn't reliant on Bosch in Miami and, yeah. you know, he couldn't drag the calves as far with Vilgauskas. It's, yeah. he work he can work with the big, but especially as bigs keep getting devalued, it's, I'm worried that him and Davis aren't going to be as productive when they run up against the best teams. Now, I will say the answer to that is he has never had a big man finisher the quality of um, Anthony Davis. Except aside from J.J. Hickson. J.J. Sixon, yeah, I was going to say. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, he's never had that big man finisher. But Anthony Davis is not a great pick-and-pop guy, even though they tried to make him that the last couple of years, he's not nearly the shooter as a big man that Kevin Love is. Um, yeah. Or even that Channing Fry is. Um, and I think that's going to hurt LeBron a little um, because if I was teams, I would be pl- going under the pick and roll with those two every time, you know? And yeah. No, I agree. Until LeBron can make like five shots in a row, you know, just dare him to beat you from the three point line. And if he does, then so be it. You know, yeah, and then you're screwed. I mean, yeah. where it's like this last year with the Cavs, where he led the league in long three pointer shooting percentage, and then that's just that's just utter danger. Because what do you do? And if you have a reliable long three point shooter, when you're taking thirty foot out shots, it's like forty forty five percent of those actually end up as offensive rebounds if you yeah. miss. So if you have someone somewhat reliable there, you're really screwed. Yeah, okay. no, the deep three ball is like one of the hidden analytics. Uh, advantages of the nba right now um yeah i read a lot of like 10 page article on it last year yeah and that's part of why what makes harden so good and obviously curry but also guys like trey young who can who can do that consistently so hopefully uh you know garland's got a little bit of that in him but yeah boy uh, honestly boy you weren't kidding tom this is a heck of a ball game this uh Mm -hmm. pelicans i it's fun to see fred Van Vliet doing well. Um, so hopefully he, he's he's a good guy to have on your team. He plays hard. He's smart player. Makes 
good decisions, hits big shots, you know? Yeah. yeah. Plays above his <laughs> Yeah. Basically, yeah. at least, I mean. He reminds me a little like J.J. Barea. Yeah, he's he's bigger than J.J. Barea. He is yeah. bigger, but yeah, same kind of like, uh, like kind of a, he's kind of a gamer, you know what I mean? Yeah, and he's also chestier. Like, he's a little bit different from some of those other um, small NBA guards that he's not super skinny. Like, he's chesty. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's got some upper body strength that uh, all even uh, maybe a little. Who was the guy that played for Denver? Uh, Earl Boykins. He he's almost like a bigger oh. oil Earl Boykins. Can you remember? Boykins or- looks really small. Yeah, Cleveland State. Yeah, couldn't he could bench press like five hundred pounds or yeah. something like that? No, yeah, not five hundred, but yeah, he was strong. <laughs> maybe it was three hundred. <laughs> It almost the same. Thing. It, it might have yeah. been three hundred. I yeah. mean, but not five hundred. Yeah, no, that's All like, right, that's like Earl Boykins bench press. Yeah, you heard Bray got dropped like two inches. His max was three fifteen. That's insane. That is, that's no, insane. That's really impressive because he yeah. weighed one hundred and forty pounds. Yeah. Now, to everybody said, "Oh, he does have shorter arms, so it's easier <laughs> to bench press that." <laughs> Because remember, Kevin Durant couldn't do 120 once. Yeah, uh, yeah, he couldn't do. Yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he couldn't do it once. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we did somehow between me coming back. I started recording you guys when we talked about LeBron. So, okay. Um, oh, I'll, I'll, I was just gonna ask if we were being recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. So was the question? You think they'll make the playoffs? I think they might not. I, I think the West is going to be a log jam and. You know, they have any injuries whatsoever. I think they yeah. won't make it. And I think even if they're all healthy, it's just they're not built for the regular season. Yeah. You know, Anthony oh. Davis isn't built for the regular season. LeBron is, I mean, maybe he's still okay. Definitely fine on the offensive end. But the last two years with the Cavs, I mean, he really did not play much defense. He was not interested. He couldn't, no, he didn't feel like spending the energy. And it was a net negative. And the Cavs and the just had to outscore. was terrible. Yeah, yeah, and, and he Kuzma was pretty content. <laughs> he was pretty content to win, you know, forty some odd games, sneak into the playoffs as a four seed or whatever, and then, and you know, whatever, we'll just beat the Raptors every year. Yeah, <laughs> um, the Celtics over and over and over, um, and the Pacers. So here's a question: I just can't. But they're not going to hate. It's not you're not going to be able to win. How many games did the Cavs win in 2017 when they were the four seed? It's 50-some. No, I don't think they even won 50. 49, maybe? Okay. I thought it was like 49. I'm not sure. Yeah, because the East that was, was terrible 50. that year. They were 50 and 32. Okay. So the yeah, previous I... year, they went 51 and 31, and they were second. And then they just, you know, steamrolled everyone. That was the year they beat the Celtics, remember, in the... Eastern Conference Finals, and one of the games they were up like 50 at the half against the Celtics. <laughs> that was the Isaiah Thomas Celtics. Um, yeah. And then the next season, they they really didn't care. Um, well, they cared once they were like under 500 and they made all those moves, but 50 and 32, fourth in the East, and they didn't, I mean, they still ran through the, well, I'd say ran through, but they still beat the Beat the teams they needed to beat beat in the East, and so I'm just looking at the West, thinking, yeah, 48 wins last year and, was. And look at like look at the Pelicans. You're not telling me the Pelicans can't be a playoff team. They are deep. 
Oh yeah, and I tell you what, Hart and Ball, yeah, and Ingram look so much better than they did on the Lakers. I mean, Hart's been really good here in that I think second half. Nothing hurt Hart more. I I felt like Hart was the guy that was the biggest, uh, most impacted by LeBron's toxic attitude last. Yeah, and they just yeah. added Redick, who just nailed a big three here in yeah. overtime. Um, you know, Redick does nice things for your offensive spacing. He yeah, he makes sharp curl runs sharp. You know, and curl this, routes. This and Melly the guy is starting for them. Um, Nicolo Melly, um, who is on That's my team the for the Harry Potter All Stars. NBA guys who have Harry Potter names. <laughs> That's why I wanted Cinderius Thornwell to be on the cast. <laughs> well, I explained uh, it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, but Nicolo Melli totally. I mean, oh my this, gosh, did you see that last all three? No, I'm I'm a, sta- a I'm a little behind you from you. Oh, he just threw up a screwball. Watch it. Watch the watch as AC would say. Someone opened a window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually find that out. So what do you think of the Cavs' new uh, play-by-play guy? John Michael? John Michael, yeah. I like him as a person. I, I never really um, – I, I, I don't I, – I wasn't a huge fan of his style on the radio. Um, I liked his commentary, but just his, like, play-by-play. Delivery, yeah. Yeah, his delivery. I guess I just – I just, you know, to me, it was Joe Tate, and I've never really heard anyone like that, and he's not like that, so that's really not a knock on him. Um, I think he will be better in TV. I think I would, I, I think, I, I don't know how to say it, but, like, I think he's smart, and I I like his passion. I just think that, I think he might be better in the role doing TV than radio. But I don't know who we got to replace him on the radio. Yeah, I haven't heard the radio yet. Uh, I did. Like, Elkhorn. Have you who? heard it yet? Yeah, I, just little snippets. I've mostly watched the game. But I've heard him on some pregame and stuff. Uh, not enough to really form an opinion. But and he's got a decent radio voice. Seems you know like he has a decent personality. That's yeah. about all I really got. Yeah, uh, yeah but as far I, I as think he, he's a professional. I mean, I I think he'll be good. But as far as John Michael on the TV side, uh, I always thought at least he did a he did a pretty good job holding things up on the radio, where it's a different sort of job. And I thought he worked well with Jones. Yeah, yeah I, I thought of, he had a really good chemistry with Jones. I he hasn't quite gotten it with AC yet. Yeah, I agree with that. But and it, I I will say the other side of that is those are enormous shoes to fill. Yeah, on very short Absol- short notice. And yeah, not to mention beyond. I'm the being big shoes to fill is just an awkward situation trying to fill them. Yeah. But I, I think Michael just needs to keep getting reminded that he's calling a television game, not a radio game. Cause he's definitely spends a little too much time describing stuff that you can obviously see. And I think that's just oh, a lot of habits. That's from a radio. good criticism. Yeah. And but it's, you know, this guy has the ball. Well, I know he's got the ball. I mean, I, I I'm watching <laughs> Uh, in the first preseason game, the, his mix was terrible. I, I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but like what half the time I couldn't mix? even like his audio he, mix. Yeah, his audio mix, like I could. There's a ton of times I couldn't even tell he was talking. Where oh, okay. you hear him if you focused on it, Oof. but if you're watching the game, he just kind of bled into the background. 
seems like they fixed that since then. It's and I think Austin's actually been doing a decent job trying to prod him and trying to get him to be a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more emotional in the game and less, you know, this guy's got the ball. Yeah, he's got to modulate but, his voice more. I mean, that was one yeah, thing. I agree. So, that's a really good point. Fred was amazing at that. I mean, I, I made yeah. a point that Fred was, I thought he was among the best play-by-play guys in the NBA at any level, like not just the local. I think he was far and away the best local guy, but at any level uh, on television, I would take Fred over Marv or I would take Fred over, um, you know, the only guys that I really like much that are on par with him, I think, are like Kevin Harlan and Mike Breen. Um, yeah, Mike Green's, Breen's constantly fighting uphill by trying to rein in Mark Jackson, well, yeah. starting stupid argument I, with Van Gundy. Yeah, yeah. but I yeah, mean, that's part thank of God the for Mike, for Thank God for Breen, because <laughs> yeah. those two guys... I t- Sorry. Did you see what Eli tweeted like an hour ago? No. <laughs> Just a reminder that the East in America still goes through Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> it, it, Eli is undefeated. Did he tweet that as the CTV tweet? Yeah. Twitter? That's awesome. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> but, uh, oh, back to. Yeah, so Breen thank from God for Mike Breen. Yeah, and it's like. Yeah. I, I give other guys. always wants to talk about garbage stuff. He never <laughs> wants to just. But Van like, Gundy by himself without Jackson isn't nearly as bad. But Jackson will just get him started, and yeah. then they become like two drunken eight-year-olds trying to talk about basketball. <laughs> no, 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 it's you eighty-year-olds. Just... <laughs> yeah, eight-year-olds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess kind of both. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're terrible. And I don't know if you caught uh, Marv Albert and Seaweb tonight, but oh. They're just, they're brutal. You know what, though? I don't hate, like, I, I, I don't know why, but I've never hated Mark Jackson or C-Web as much because I do feel like their takes are similar to the kinds of takes players playing, even though they're, you know, retired. I feel like players on the court now would say the same thing. Like, I feel like it's almost like a voice of, you know, Someone that's but, been there on the front line. And I think that is valuable to have. Oh, I Even agree. I takes- just think C-Web is weird, tells bad stories, and just he goes off on these weird tangents like about players' wives and stuff. And it's just yeah. he's creepy well, and off-putting that, at times. Was that one time. <laughs> but thank God the players' only thing is dissolved. Uh, as much as a player's take is valuable, I, I, I see your point. Thank God that's gone. But Jackson... Yeah. Yeah. My biggest problem with him isn't even necessarily his takes, and even not even his, you know, when he drifts off to talking about something else. It's the way he punctuates his sentence. Like, I am saying something very <laughs> important now. Mama, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, there goes like a... that man. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that's the first one that came to mind, but I didn't want to direct quote him. But yeah. just the way he punctuates the most benign things, <laughs> like he's saying something that's like the cause of the universe, <laughs> just drives me nuts. And that's how the Big Bang happened. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah like if you could if you could switch neil degrasse tyson and my like put neil degrasse mark jackson's voice in neil degrasse tyson's mind it would be like the perfect combo yeah that would be a great episode or a uh, series of cosmos there yeah exactly exactly uh 
yeah, so I'm I'm a little uh, curious to see how it's going to play out. But I hope I, I think it's going to start out a little rough for the Cavs all the way around from the broadcast to the product on the floor. But hopefully they pick it up by the time uh, uh, booby head bobblehead night rolls around or booby Gibson booby Gibson bobblehead night. Oh, but, yes. <laughs> When's the price bobblehead night? That's what I'm really concerned about. I, I don't know. We're going to have to find that out. So, yeah, let's look that up. NB, uh, Cavs bobblehead promotions 2019. That was a good game. Yeah, it was. Um, Yawn. So we have November 27th, the Nick Maletti Cavalier hat giveaway. <laughs> 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 um. Austin Carr bobblehead night is December third. Mark Price bobblehead night is January fourth. Okay, Tom, I feel like I feel like we gotta pencil that one in. January fourth. Yeah. Oh, my uh, suggestion on the the uh, new Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse review thing. Try and get people to go three dollar get three dollar tickets and hang out at the bar. Well, there you go. Uh, we got Whammer. We got Fanny Pack giveaway presented by Mountain Dew. <laughs> November. 23rd. Oh, I forgot they got. So there's Dwight Howard and Rajon Rondo sitting next to each other on the bench. I'm telling you, they're not making the playoffs. I'm calling it. <laughs> uh, well, they're beating Although the Clippers. They did add. Picks. They did add two players that I think will help them in the regular season: Avery Bradley and Danny Green. Uh, that is true. That is true. Didn't they have Avery Bradley last year? No, uh, he was on the Clippers. Oh, okay. Uh, LA, same uh, and then he he got cut, I think. I can't remember. But yeah, they didn't have Avery Bradley last year. Uh, so we got Fanny Pack giveaway. Then we got Whammer Bobblehead Night, Friday, December 20th. Oh, that should be fun. Uh, oh, Zydrunas Bobblehead Night, February 29th. Ooh, there we go. I am there. That should be, I hope that head is bigger than the doll. <laughs> um joe <laughs> this is an odd one joe tate talking microphone giveaway oh i need that one <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm laughing too hard <coughs> sorry they got a fan voted bobblehead giveaway march 4th well, i guess we'll find out who that is you still have the opportunity to vote um for the championship era and beyond bobblehead That'll be interesting. That's versus Boston. Is that not going to go to LeBron somehow? I, I mean, can they give it to LeBron? I don't know if they can. Why not? Well, because I, I think it either has to be a player under your team or somebody that's retired. Oh, okay. I mean, I would if I was the Lakers, I wouldn't be thrilled about them doing. I I think Kevin Love bobblehead night is a lot more likely. Oh, I agree. I was kidding. Yeah. So anyway, I am all in for Mountain Dew Fanny Pack giveaway night. So uh, stylish. Yeah, they do. They there are a lot of promos this year. So oh, they also have a um, apparently a 50th anniversary viewfinder that you can buy. You know, like the classic viewfinder with the wheel of pictures that you look through. Yeah, things existed when we were kids. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So before um, the yeah, so it should be a good night of giveaways, and yeah, you can get super cheap tickets this year. They have the $49, I guess it's like the Netflix version of Cavs tickets, where you can just subscribe. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, and then um, 
and then they have the beer seats that you mentioned, so up in the bar. So I think that would be fun. We need to do a, a CTB meetup that night. So as far as so, you guys got anything else on the Cavs? Oh uh, no, just my pet peeve. But I think I've already gotten into it there. But it's my big thing that I constantly want to talk about is just the frustration with people really harping on how bad they're going to be, which they will be bad. They'll probably be very bad, and they could be awful. But it's I, I don't understand the chance of the idea of being a fan of a home team and just overtly spitting bile at them before they've even had the chance to completely earn oh, it yeah. yet. Yeah, and I will say, you know, my preseason stuff of how bad they were, it wasn't that I'm spitting bile at them. I am just judging the product I saw on the floor, you know. Right, that's totally yeah. different. You're yeah. evaluating an objective thing that you watched. Yeah, but exactly. Just, well, like, well, they should trade the whole team and burn yeah. Kevin Love at stake and, I don't know, you know, whatever. It's just... It's just so frustrating, and it feels like some teenage kid trying to break up with his girlfriend before she breaks up with him. It's like, well, if I think they suck before they suck, then I don't have to feel bad about the fact yeah. that they suck. And it's just it's just petty and kind of sad, and it makes me wonder, like, do you not remember we got a championship like a yeah. few years ago from this team? First one in the city in over half a century? No, and I like, totally feel the the be- – the, uh... The Bill Simmons thing of if you get a championship, you cannot complain for five years. Like it's just built in. You can't complain for five years. And I'm I'm still riding the championship like I was like getting goosebumps for Toronto fans tonight. Did you see the uh, the replica rings they gave away tonight? No, no. Everybody who went in got a replica like a, a, a gumball machine version of a championship ring. That's pretty awesome. It actually, I think, is pretty cool. That's a pretty cool promo. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they do that on more than one night, just because I feel like Toronto fans deserve it. I mean, I was happy to see them win, just because that, that's a passionate fan base. And and they have, I mean, they have endured some pain at the hands of the Cavs over the years. So it was, I, I did not feel bad to see them win. Yeah, and you got tons of great stories about that Indian guy that's a uh, season ticket holder. Oh, yeah. the uh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I know so what you're talking you know, about. Car dealerships. But he's, I, he's a Sikh. He's yeah. got the Sikh turban. S-I-K-H. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's just this awesome guy that, you know, moved there and then, you know, got really into the th- the team and then buys tickets for all kinds of underprivileged kids every year and stuff. And it's like... God, okay, that guy deserves to see his team win. That was pretty awesome. So watching this game, I've decided Dwight Howard ha- officially has the strangest hair in the NBA right now. Did you guys see that thing? I love your description on the last podcast of uh, from like Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, like that the Stan Lee came at him with the auto cutter. Yeah. But it's even weirder now because he's got gold braids. Above his hair, but his higher line is so high, it just looks like, it just looks strange. (laughs) I love it because I heard your podcast before I saw the haircut. Oh, okay. Waiting to see what he looks like after that. No, and he looks exactly like that, but now it's even weirder. He he looks like he should be the best center in the WNBA right now. <laughs> anyway, I'm not talking about. <laughs> anyway, I mean it. It does look a little effeminate. Is that's all I'm saying? No, I agree. I just um, 
don't want to end up saying something I'll regret saying later. Oh, okay. Um, so beyond the Cavs, uh, I know we have the big storyline that Tom and I are hoping to have a dedicated podcast on, uh, is the NBA China episode. And I think that's probably the NBA's biggest story. And I don't think as much as they want to, there's any getting away from it. I mean, it was the number one story in the TNT pregame. Uh, all these people were waving flags in Toronto behind Chuck and Kenny and all them. And then they gave out tens of thousands of T-shirts before uh, both games in both cities tonight uh, saying, you know, free Hong Kong. So it, it's that story is not going away. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, I think that's going to be such a nightmare for the NBA this year. And I think that's going to have such far reaching political consequences. Oh, I, mean, I, I think it's and the NBA's chance to uh, distinguish themselves a little bit, but we'll see if that actually happens. They pull it together. They absolutely can. Just otherwise, it's like they they ran into an issue where they can piss off liberals and conservatives at the same time. <laughs> and it's I mean, well, when the like thing was drafted. Well, it's not even, yeah, it's like that, the, but it's, it's more than that. It's, uh, Ethan Strauss talked about it a lot. Like, the NBA for years has been patting itself on the back for being, like, a global league. And in the end, you know, how much does an American care about that? I mean, right, I don't care exactly. about that. I mean, sure. I, I, it's cool that, like, players from other countries play in the NBA, but I could care less if the NBA wants to, like, play games in other countries or you know, so the fact that the NBA is all about that, you know, global growth and all that, it, 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 it they, they seem to act like that's so great. And American viewership's down year over year. And so they think that they're going to, you know, offset that with China. And now it's like, okay, well, I guess, you know, ha- have fun with that because there's a lot of ramifications there. Yeah, and the the thing that I'm very much enjoying that I'm hoping is the NBA storyline is now that there are hardly any free agents next summer and most of these players are locked on their teams and there's a lot of competitive teams, the story actually becomes about the games and, you know, what you're actually seeing on the court rather than, you know, a male soap yeah. opera. Yeah, yeah. You know, because agree. last Not- summer was ridiculous. It was. The the finals are ridiculous. Yeah, they were. Yeah. It's just it's ridiculous that so many times it doesn't feel like a sport anymore. And it's you know, there's still plenty of games I really enjoy watching, but the way it's covered is exactly like you're you're exactly right. Like a soap opera or like some really bad reality TV show where all the you know, people in the show happen to play basketball. Well yeah. that's part of this thing you know adam silver has been pushing since day one it's this player empowerment and you know it i think there's two sides of player empowerment there's everyone's getting paid which i don't really care i mean if you know if uh who just got a hundred over a hundred million uh, brown yeah i mean if jalen brown wants to make over a hundred million dollars for being a i don't know an okay basketball player i could care less but the way the player empowerment has led to the male soap opera, the way it's led to star players just saying, I want to go here, make it so. And now yeah. teams are feeling like for one reason or another, they need to acquiesce to that. 
that's bad for the league. That's bad for fans. Yeah. In the play, um, empowerment thing keeps leaning on this whole, like, empower the proletariat thing of, you know, well, these players, you know, they're playing for teams that make so much money, so the players should be able to make more money, which that argument sounds pretty good until you realize they're really only angling for the top, like, 5% of the league. The people at the bottom of the league that are, you know, making $2 million a year that are the foundation of the league, they're not really seeing much of a difference. But it's just... Uh, and that's... That's not completely true. The average NBA salary is, is more than that. Is more than that, and I would say. Do you understand what I'm saying, though? Not really. I I think I think you got a straw man that isn't quite as you know real as you think it is. I I think there's a lot of NBA guys that make a lot of money, and it doesn't and they have necessarily contract, and it like doesn't necessarily correspond to how good they are. I mean. Timofey Moskov got $80 million, you know. No, I I totally get that. That's not even where I'm going. It's just, I I have this feeling that, and I think it somewhat stems back to, uh, or also connects to the college sports and how people get paid, which I really, really, really understand. It's just a lot of the way, a lot of these general ideals that people are putting across, when they're put into practice, they tend to only help the part of the league that's making a lot of money. And a lot of the people that are kind of on the lower end, they're not looking out for as much as they say they are, I guess, is all that I kind of see. Like, give me an example. Uh, well, it, extending back to, like, NCAA, for example, uh, where it's a little easier to illustrate the point, is, you know, when people are talking about how much money it brings in, I totally get it. But if the NCAA were going to start pl- paying all their players, which I think there's a good argument for – the people that would really end up making a lot of money are the people that are likely about to make a whole ton of money in the NBA very soon anyways. And all the other players that are still the backbone of the league, you know, really wouldn't profit from it. And so I think it's the same way with some of the player empowerment. It's kind of based around a lot of the players that have been doing really well or being paid really well. But it's not empowering, you know journeymen on you know minimum salary contracts well i i will say that is true and one of the you know evidence of that is nba teams have gotten significantly younger um and one of the things that have is has happened is used to be you had you know two or three maybe four young players on a team and then the rest of the team was vets yeah making a lot of money because of the way this their salary grows or they're just journeymen vets who are filling a role you know your judd bushlers you your uh you know your bill wennington's those kind of guys uh now it's the other way around you got like you look at the Cavs; they got like four vets and a bunch of young guys and most of the teams in the nba are more young guys than vets. And to me, A, it's hurt the quality of play in the league. And B, um, it's a lot easier for NBA teams to control young players' contracts. Um, and I think that's part of the, the whole thing. And that's going on in all the sports right now. I mean, baseball has a huge issue right now in that older players aren't getting paid, but these younger guys are, you know, stuck in these long-term rookie contracts, even though they're outplayed their deals in a lot of cases and they're going to arbitration but they're not making their as much as they would when they're a free agent and then by the time they hit free agency they're past their prime so they can't collect as they would in the past but you know the nba to me is is skewing younger because teams can control younger players more but part of that is also the byproduct of 
well, if you're going to have all this player mobility, then you're going to want to have more younger players that you can control rather than these older guys are going to be free agents every year that you can't control. So it's a double-edged sword. Right. Well, and that's a situation that kind of gets created, when, especially uh, hopefully it's now dissolving a little bit with the two-star two player two player trend. But with the three-star player trend, you have so many teams that the only way you can win is to get three max or close to max contract guys and then find nine or ten people that are willing to take the minimum to play on a team that's got a shot at a championship. Yeah. And the only other way you can build is to try and snag enough people on rookie contracts early and take advantage of that window before you're paying them what they're worth. Well, in the and NBA. then try and snag a couple free agents before those guys are all up for extensions. And that's right. kind of what Philly did with Simmons and Embiid, and then you're seeing that right now, it's pretty obvious that that's the goal with Atlanta. Um, and I think that's the blueprint the Cavs want to follow, but I don't know how successful. So Right, but that's exactly the kind of situation most teams are put into, where it's like yeah. you have to balance free agent signings and rookies that you can control before they can get paid what they're worth, and then you fill out the roster, which is, believe it or not, you know most of the NBA – with people that are getting paid just the bare minimum so you can slide in under the salary cap or over the salary cap. And so you do have people bloated contracts from people you took a risk on, but in in essence, most players aren't really getting paid with their worth one way or the other, you know, plenty of people are getting overpaid, plenty are getting underpaid, but it's just, it's an imperfect system. And I think it's further exacerbated by the, whole soap opera going along with player movement yeah Yeah. and so i I got two thoughts here one i actually think long term the cap going down next year will be good for the nba uh and good for smaller market teams because especially when they have cap room you know all things being equal you're going to go to the team that you're going to have a bigger market in but if things aren't equal then the you know teams that have cap room that are in smaller markets that actually matters more now um, for, for more talented players. The second thing I want to mention is that I am 100% on board for the Dwight Howard Lakers 2.0 experiment. Um, yes. And <laughs> Anthony Davis is not going to make it through a season. No. <laughs> no, he's not. I'm just calling it. And have you noticed? Jesus Christ. Shorter? Did you just see him get undercut? Yeah. Is that what you're calling about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you noticed how much shorter the shorts are getting? Yeah. Especially on the Lakers. Howard, LeBron. Well, because everybody wears these damn, uh, well, everybody wears these compression sleeves on their legs now. Look at Dwight Howard right now. Yeah. That's positively late 80s. Yeah. And people, everyone wears wears these compression sleeves. He looks like Carl Malone. And so when you wear those, you're going to get even hotter if, uh, if your pants are down to your knees. So I totally get it. Yeah, uh, but the, just funny. the Dwight Howard 2.0 experiment is going to... Did you see him flip out on his foul on Lou Williams? <laughs> well, that wasn't a foul, yeah. so... <laughs> well, I just... And this is the guy who missed almost the entirety of last year with an injured buttock. So... <laughs> yeah, the fact that he couldn't play the season because uh, he was literally butthurt. Chesty yeah. and yeah. Dwight Howard's got a buttock missing or something. And Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic season. I mean, and then you've got... Dad bod Jared Dudley. 
out there setting <laughs> screens. <laughs> like, he makes CJ Miles look svelte at this point. Yeah, he does. Oh, man. Yeah. I am so excited to see Pat- Patrick Beverly on more primetime games. Oh, yeah. Until he gets he hurt. Is- Patrick Beverly is. We need more of him. P-Bev is my spirit animal. This is the year I really yeah, wish he, I could get. He, he's he's taken over from for Tony Trick or Treat Tony Allen, the Grindfather. The Grindfather. He's, he's yeah. inherited the spirit of the Grindfather. He really has that 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 should be an NBA award every year. So the Grindfather Award. Yeah, the Grindfather Award. So do you guys want to do over unders real quick, or you just want to get real to quick, end, yeah. okay over unders rapid okay. fire rapid right. fire over unders okay. Um, one second. This is really rapid fire. Well, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, I, I guess I, it. I guess um, I should have let you guys keep talking, uh, and then <laughs> I just can't help but take cheap shots. You, Lakers I... are going to miss the playoffs. I'm calling it. I just can't see a healthy LeBron missing the playoffs. If he's not healthy, if he gets injured, I think you're right. Okay, we're going alphabetical. Um, Atlanta Hawks, thirty-four and a half wins, over or under. What? Over. Oh, under. They're not winning 34 and a half games. They're still I'm, not that good. I'm going to guess over. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to guess going under. Competition, they're going over. I'm going under. Boston okay. Celtics, over and under 48 and a half. Uh, I'll I'm, say over. I'll God, say over. That is, that is a really good number, to be honest. Yeah, that's with a you. good number. That's a good number. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say, I think they're going to miss Horford a lot more than they think. Walker's going to add a lot, though, the, of non-toxicness that uh, Kyrie had. I'm going to go just under. I'm going to go over because I feel like the try-hard Celtics are back. Yes, exactly. They're back. Yeah, and and they're just going to figure out a way to make um, – Gordon Hayward look like he's good when he's not good, and somehow the Cavs are going to trade for him and be stuck with him. Um, so that, that that's my prediction for Boston. Like they're <laughs> gonna they're gonna fleece somebody into taking him, and then all their tryhards are going to play really well. And they, I think they had a really good draft. So I think they've got a lot of young players. I think they'll go like ten, eleven deep and just run a lot of teams into the ground. So okay, Brooklyn Nets over or under forty three and a half. Oh, that's I'm, a good I'm going too. over. I go over. I'm gonna go under. I'm going over because of Levert, Dinwiddie, and Taurine Prince. I think the Wait, perimeter. Spencer de- Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, I think their perimeter defense is gonna be really good. Yeah, especially I think Prince is underrated. Yeah. Yeah, and the they're gonna have a lot of very switchy wings. Uh, yeah, and definitely. And you, and then they'll be hiding. Kyrie Irving on like the guy that shoots in the corner, <laughs> and they added Nwaba, <coughs> and they yeah, yeah exactly another switchy wing. So, I forgot about him. Yeah, I don't know how much he's going to play on that team. That team's pretty deep, so I'm going to go over. Okay, yeah. Charlotte Hornets over under twenty three and a half. Under under over. They still have MKG mm-hmm. in a contract year, and they have Batum. They actually. Didn't wait, 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 wait. Why would you say it like that? MKG in a contract year. Like, his MO is that he gives it his 110% every time. He's not a J.R. Smith type guy that you no, would look I, at. No, I, I agree. Year. I just think that he'll be good. 
and he compared to like the last five seasons. I I think he's a. I don't know. I just have a feeling they're out to prove something a little bit, and they're gonna like. This is the ultimate Michael Jordan. I this is the year I should absolutely tank and blow up everything, and I'm gonna be just a little bit better than bad when I could get a really good player. Like that's the ultimate Jordan move in this situation. Like know, I'm gonna but, end up with the eighth pick. Like who is scoring on this team? Um, <laughs> Terry Rozier and no, what thirty percent? If you're counting on Rozier to score, ooh, I don't they're know. They're gonna man. get a lot of putbacks. That's that's my takeaway. Okay, Which means they're gonna miss a lot of shots. <laughs> Chicago over or under thirty three. Uh, over. That's a, wanted, that's another really good number. Yeah, I want to say over, but I'm going with under because I think they're gonna slightly underperform. They and I think over, but I think they're adding Sad Young as their like one vet on the whole team is a great move. Yeah, that, I guess that's I'll why I'm going over the Thad Young effect. Yeah, the Thad Young effect. He is the only player in NBA history with what was the what's the combination? Oh, yeah, it's just an insane <laughs> statistical combination. And they got Thomas Sadaransky. Like this is the all Nate Smith team right here, Chicago Bulls. I'm go- I'm going 36 wins. Yeah, I'm going over. I'm going over with the Bulls. I think 33 is low. Okay, Cavs over or under 24. Under. I got to go under. Hesitantly over. Okay. All right. Okay, so this number to me is insane. Mavs over or under 40 and a half wins. Uh, what did the Mavs win last year? Well, they didn't have the unicorn, the zinc. I, I know. I know. And it's they won 38. I'm going to say over. They should I'm going to say over. Yeah, I'm going to say over. You said 43? 40 and, 40 and a half. Oh, I'm going to go over. I'm going to yeah, go, go over, too. I think they're going to make the playoffs. They're one of the teams that can knock the Lakers out of the playoffs. Yep. Okay, Denver, 52 and a half. Over or under? Uh, I say slightly over. I think they can win, like, 55. Yeah, I think they have a great regular season team, so I think over. Uh, and they have probably one of the best home field advantages in the NBA. <laughs> hey. So. Dad bods Jared yeah. Dudley splashing from the corner. <laughs> That's what us dad bods do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the corner of the North Canton YMCA right there. <laughs> okay. Detroit Pistons. Uh, I'm going to go over on the Nuggets. Pistons, 37 and a half. Oh, That's a tough number. Say under. Griffin's out for a couple of months, I think. So a month? I'm going- I thought he was out for a couple of days. No, I swear I read that he was out for, like, at least a month or two. What? I didn't read that. This was today that I read, but... He's always hurt. Wait, out, what's the over on them? Out through first week of November, so, like, three weeks. What's the over like on here again? Oh, okay. Uh, 37 and a half. Man, that's a I'll tough go, number. I'll go over, actually. I'm gonna go over. I think, uh... Um, Drummond has a big year. Right, wait, hold on. Griffin's out until at least early November when he'll be reevaluated. Yeah. That's only a week. Away. <laughs> early November is like a week. Yeah, if we <laughs> reevaluated, that doesn't mean he's going to be okay. back. Uh, okay. I'm gonna go over. Golden State, forty-eight and a half. <sighs> Man, I I want to go over so bad. I really do. I think this is going to be like a revenge tour year for Draymond and uh, Steph. I think I, they're going to go ballistic. I think it's going to be under. 
Yeah, trying to avoid spite, but I think under just especially after it was reiterated that Thompson's probably going to miss the whole year. Yeah, and uh, but they they they've still got. I don't know. They don't have that much beyond Dre and Steph and D'Angelo Russell. Like it's it drops yeah, it's, off it, really quick after that. And having Curry's uh-huh. great, but and Draymond's great, but if he doesn't have people to pass to, I yeah. mean, we saw what that can do. Yeah. So I'm going under. You're going over, Tom. You're going full on revenge tour. I, I, I feel a revenge tour coming. Okay. Well, I think that's I, I think Steph Curry is good MVP odds for sure. Yeah, I do. But I think teams are going to beat him up a little, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, OK. Rockets. Fifty three and a half over under. Wait, do they not have Iguodala anymore? No, he's on Memphis. Ah, they dumped. They him. lost it Iguodala sal- and yeah, did Sean Livingston retire? Yeah, it, well, they traded and retired. Yeah, it was a salary dump on both those guys. Ooh, they are pretty thin, aren't they? Yeah. Maybe forty eight wins is the revenge tour. You know? Yeah, that's kind of what I feel like. Like, I mean, they don't have any reliable wings. No. Well, they did get they added. Uh, they could trade for Glenn Orange, Robinson. They could trade for Orange Mamba. <laughs> he hey, is on. He, he is on Washington still. Well, he had some nice preseason stats. So, okay, had, like, Rock, Rockets fifty three and a half. Uh, ah, that's about right. Uh, I'm gonna guess just under. I'm gonna guess. I'm going to guess over because I feel like this is just a peak regular season. And like it, it's the it's the golden M- golden turd MVP year. Like he is going to be gunning for the MVP. And once he gets it, they're going to just lose in the second round of the playoffs like they do every year. I'm going to go. I'm going to go under. Yeah, I'm, I'm going over. What about you, Ryan? I said under. Oh, OK. Sorry, I missed it. Okay, it happens. Uh, Indiana Pacers, 46 and a half. Under. Yeah, under. I think they lost more than they realized. Brogdon will help, but Oladipo, who knows how quickly he'll come back to yeah. form. Well, I'm I'm going to go over just because I really like Ooh. Brogdon, and they just paid Sabonis. They're going to be starting him. I think they're going to be a sneaky big team. Uh, TJ McConnell, uh, and they also added... Uh, TJ McConnell's wrong. Oh yeah, no, he's right. And TJ Warren. And TJ Warren. Yeah, and too many TJ. Yeah. I don't know, Nate. They lost a lot. I I feel like they gained more than they lost. To be what? honest with you, yeah. they lost Thad Young. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost Bog, Bog, Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. They did lose yeah. Bogdanovich, but he was huge for them. He was and, big for them. And a great actor. But I think, yeah, I think their team actually, I I. I still am going over. I'm a big believer in Indiana. All right. I, I think I think <laughs> a 42-win team than 46, but... Okay. Well, we'll agree to disagree. Los Angeles okay. Clippers, 53 and a half. Over. Over? Okay. Ryan? Yeah, over. I think that team is a lot deeper than people realize, so I'm going to take... Very- yeah, I'm going to take the over. And they were really good at the end of last year, even... You Without know. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Lakers. Um, 50 and a half. Under. Under. Yeah, I'm going under. 
This yeah, team, I think under too. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they'll win fifty-one. Well, and here's the thing: like, I'm going like forty-three, and I don't know if that's going to be enough to make it. I, yeah, I, I there's no way that team wins fifty games. It's just hard just load that. management and injuries alone. I you know, guess like 46, 47. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. Okay. Grizzlies under 26 and a half. Um, yeah, I think under. I think under for the Grizzlies. I'm going over. They got motivation. It's the Brandon. They got motivation. It's the Brandon yeah. Clark factor. Yeah, they do. Oh, they do. Yeah. What do you say? I just said you and, and then there's a couple of ellipses in there. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I, I know they added like, Jonas. Valanchunas? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and they have Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Moran. I I think they're going to surprise a they lot of teams. They've got some players. Yeah, I think I yeah. maybe. I'm looking at their roster. I'm thinking maybe over, actually. Yeah, I'm going over with them. Miami. Although I do agree that they have incentive to lose. Yeah, they I do. Think That's they the other issue. They could go over, but they won't. Like, you're going to see G Leaguers starting at the end of the season. <laughs> or, yeah, or just yeah. at least they're definitely not going to try out their best. Like that year the Cavs were trying to tank and they kept playing G Leaguers at the end of the season and winning. <laughs> I can't remember who those guys were. I got to look that up. That was that was the best year ever. Uh, Miami Heat, 43 and a half. Uh, LeBron James, you was a baller. I feel like, yeah, I feel like. Jimmy Butler is going to be their father, and <laughs> I think they're going to do a little better than that. I could see like 45 or 46. I'm going over. I still like the Heat on paper. I like him on paper. I they, paper they've had a lot of injuries the last couple of years. On paper, I think they should go over, but I'm just guessing it's going to be a Butler cancer and it's going to go under. <laughs> a Butler cancer. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um,. Milwaukee, 57 and a half. That's a big number. I think under. I think they're going to win like 57. 55, yeah. 55, 54 feels right to me. Yeah. Like losing Mar- Maratich and Brogdon. Yep. Um, That's some, some yeah. important shooting at depth on that team. <sighs> Brogdon yeah. looks good. I think they should go under, but they're going to go over based on other teams in the East that I think are going to underperform. So okay. I think they're going to be just a hair over. Okay. I'm going, I like it. I, yeah, I'm going a hair under. Uh, Wolves, 33 and a half. Ooh, I don't know anything about, about the Wolves. <laughs> I'm sorry, 35. What did they do? They 30, lost, 35 they lost and Rubio, a half. right? They lost Rubio. They, they added lost, Jeff Teague. Yeah, they and lost. And Robert Covington. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. But they still have Wiggins, remember. Yeah, yeah. but the whole He's take on them, <laughs> the whole take on them is that they are um, – Basically, the 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 Covington D'Angelo Russell trade is going to happen, um, at some point this season is like the worst kept secret in the league, because Cat wants to play with D'Angelo Russell, and the Warriors need a wing. Hmm. So that's that. I think the Wolves will go slightly over because I think people are sleeping on how ridiculously good Cat was at the end of last season. Like he was yeah. one of the ten best players in the league at the end of last season after Butler left. So yeah, I'll go with a qualified under. But if they make that trade, I think they got a good chance of going over. Yeah, I'm I'm factoring uh, that trade in. You talked me into it, Nate. I'll go 
go over too. Okay, the Pelicans, 39 and a half. Ooh, that's a good number. That is a really good I'm number. Going, I'm going over after what I, I saw tonight. I think they're going to win more than they're going to lose. Um, I would love to take the over, but I think they're going to be super cautious with Zion. And I think because I don't of think that, it matters. I think they're deep enough without him. Mm, I, mean, I think they're, they're, they're going to have a lot of games the tonight. Raptors, all they could handle tonight in Toronto. And then lost. And that's what I think you're going to see a lot of this year. A lot of them losing close games. Yeah, I think Nate's right. They're going to lean on being cautious to Zion, and they're going to lean towards Young versus victories. Yeah. So I think they're going to go under. Yeah, that's that's my take as well. So uh, the Knicks, twenty six and a half. The all power forward team. Yeah, hit it. Knicks, twenty six and a half. Under. Under it's the Knicks, you always pick the under. Yeah. yeah, you always pick the under. Okay, Oklahoma City, another weird number, thirty-two and a half. Under. I'm going under just because I think they're going to try and dump everybody they can. Um, yeah, they're going to let the oom out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. And he's a great t- tank leader. And yeah, yeah. I think they're going <laughs> to dump any talent they have. The Panzer General. <laughs> <laughs> He is German, so exactly. I mean, he's exactly. going to blitzkrieg Oklahoma City. Oh, they yeah. needed that three. Avery Bradley stuck a three. Ended a long drought. Um, Orlando, 41 and a half. That, ooh, that's a good number. I'm, I'm going the over. Over 41 for Orlando. All right. Read me into what Orlando okay, has done. Okay, so my take on Orlando is the continuity is going to be their biggest um, – benefactor in a, in a reformed East. The yeah, fact that still... they're pretty much the same team that made the playoffs last year. Yep. Um, yep. Everybody's coming into their prime. This could be the year that Gordon um, turns into a, a star star. You know, okay. if, if, if there was every year to take a star turn for Gordon, this is the year. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if it's not going to happen now, it's not going to happen. So Yeah, I like it. I'll take the over, too. All right. So my opinion, I think they should get the over, but I'm predicting they lose tomorrow, and that makes them get the under. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) To the Cavs? Yes, exactly. Okay, well, that's, yeah. Okay. Well, at least the Cavs backcourt gets to play a starting point guard that's smaller than them in DJ Augustine. So... And hopefully everyone forgets about this podcast in about six months. Yeah, there you go. I, I don't. I forget about these podcasts in about six hours, so I don't think you got to worry about it. Um, Philly, fifty-four and a half. Over. Ooh, Tom going big on Philly. Ryan, shooting's not there. I'm going under. I'm going under. Yeah, I don't. But except the thing is, they're going to be so tough on defense. Yeah. I mean, they added Matisse Heibel. They've got, um, oh, who's the guy they got from Texas Tech last year? Um, I mean, they have so many, so many wings to go with all those big men. I mean, they're just going to overwhelm teams with size. Zahir Smith. Um, I just, I don't think they have enough of a go-to guy in crunch time unless Embiid can continually draw fouls. Yeah. If the refs don't like Embiid that night, they're just they're screwed. So yeah, well, I don't think it'll be much under, but I think it'll be under. 
yeah, the that the real question with them is like you said, if their shooting can hold up. Um, but they're just absolutely gonna they're gonna be the best defensive team in the NBA. I mean, there is not the shortest guy on that the only guy on that team that is short is uh Trey Burke, and he's he's their bench point guard. Yeah. 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 I and Josh Richardson, don't sleep on Josh Richardson to score a lot of threes for them. So yeah, and Matisse Tybel, I think, is is gonna be a monster off the bench defensively for them. Yeah, I think he's gonna be really interesting. Yeah. Um okay. I think Harris will have a better season without Jimmy Butler there. I, I agree with that too. I just still don't think he's a number one option in crunch time. I think he will have a better season and he'll show more value this year. I just still don't think they're the guy that can he's a guy I mean, that can run down the stretch. Yeah, but otherwise to me, all they got is But to me that's a playoff issue, not a regular season issue. Yeah, I just figure it's gonna still make them lose a handful of games that they should yeah, win. Yeah, see I think they're gonna be so deep it won't matter. That that's but, my take on it. The but, under? Huh? Didn't you take the under though? Um I ch- changed my mind. <laughs> uh, oh. I changed my mind. I'm going to take you over. I talked myself into it. What did you say? Yeah. I just wondered why you were arguing with me when you yeah, your no, position. You, you, <laughs> I took the Costanza position on you. Whatever position you take, I took the opposite when it comes to the Sixers. <laughs> Fair enough, though. I hate Seinfeld. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I don't hate it Seinfeld. I'm, ind- I'm indifferent at my age. That was a, Seinfeld was a <laughs> lifetime ago. I feel like I'm older than you. I'm 44. Oh no, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, reason I thought you were young. I, I I I'm full of the the vim and vigor of a young man, but yeah, you have a youthful spirit. I and the, I'm that's, that's a nice way true. of saying I'm, I'm immature and full of. That is not what I meant whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I spent most of my life growing up making fun of all my friends that were older than me because I always had them. That since my thirties hit, I'm constantly older than everyone, and it makes me feel like a grandpa. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I understand that. Um, okay, Phoenix twenty nine and a half under. under under. I don't not in the East or not in the West. I don't know how they're winning twenty nine and a half games unless DeAndre Ayton totally figures things out. The only games they win are by accident. They're not going to yeah. have 20 accidents. Yeah. I love the take on this website. Devin Booker may end up putting it together eventually, but it won't be this season. <laughs> yeah. So so what are people owing a 10-point increase in wins? For Phoenix? I, I don't yeah. understand it either. Yeah, because they're amazing draft selections. Like, yeah. No, I, I don't get I it either. I expecting from Aiden. Yeah. Losing begets losing. Well, of course, getting Jackson out of there will help because <laughs> he was one of the, yeah he was one of the worst draft picks of the last five years. So um, yeah, begets losing thing it goes back to even why I keep saying trading Kevin Love isn't such a great idea. Oh, absolutely. But otherwise, you have a little talent for you to play around occasionally. Yeah. So speaking of trading Kevin Love, Portland forty six and a half. <laughs> How'd you like that segue? Oh, that was great, especially because I hate that rumor because it had no foundation whatsoever. It was just Lake Oswego, baby. Lake Oswego. (laughs) Uh, All right, you said 46 and a half? Yeah. Right? 
I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over, too, because I feel like this team was number two in the East last year, or in the West last year, and they're not worse. So, yeah, I'm going over. I'm going over. Or Tilly's heel of, you know, the Golden State thing is gone. I think they have a better chance of fighting with two great guards and a good center. Yeah, and and don't don't sleep on uh, DeAnthony Melton. So... Or, Rod- or Rodney Hood. On Hood or Bazemore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's getting older and stuff, but he definitely does fill some need for that team. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, and they need a bit of an instigator on that team anyway. Yeah. And that's definitely who Bazemore is. Uh, the Kings, 37 and a half. This feels to me like a classic Kings letdown year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <it does. laughs> I agree. It should be better than that, but... It's the Kings, and the West got even tougher, I think, under. Whereas yeah, Jason Lloyd would say, it's the freaking Kings. Exactly. Okay, San Antonio, 45 and a half. Oh, man. Like, every San year San you think you, San Antonio aren't. Lock for more yeah. than that, but I, 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 40, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to win more but than that. But they got DeJounte Murray back, and they added Damari Carroll. It's like, I feel DeMari like. Damari Carroll hasn't been good for a while. Yeah, but that's also the kind of guy that also that always seems to play better in a pop system. Yeah, all right. I'll take the over. 43? It was 43? 45 and a half. 45? I'll take the over. I mean, they won what? Like 50 God. last year? I wish it was an even number so I could push. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the under, but just slight. I feel like that's a 44 win team. Yeah, I'm going to say Popovich is a little snake bit from uh, FIBA and things just don't work out quite as well as you'd like and they go just a little under. Yeah. yeah. No, they also got Lonnie Walker back. So, Yeah, I'm going to go under but I still think they'll be a playoff team and I still think they'll make the second round of the playoffs. How about that? I think both of those are likely. Yeah. Uh, Toronto, 46 and a half. Over. Over. Yeah, from what I saw tonight, over. Um, Utah, 53 and a half. Over. Oh, I think over. Utah I'm going, is. I'm deep. going under. Conley's going to be huge for them. They've got other. I think. Oh, I forgot about Conley. Damn it. Yeah, They're I'm deep. going over. They're I'm going I, over because Con- this is the year Conley finally makes an all star game. Yeah, I think so too. It's so many times this offseason I've kind of been like, well, Utah added some stuff, but they're not going to be that great. I'm like, oh, God, they got Conley, though. So. Yeah, is Conley the best player never to make an all star game? Yeah. He's up there. I'm sure not, but yeah. He's up no, there. No, I should say so. Yeah, I at sure least, at least in the last 15 years, I would say, for sure. Oh, what a pass by Lou Williams. Yeah. Oh, man, that was a pass. Sweet Lou Williams. <clears throat> yeah, yeah I, I'd say that's probably right, Nate. I mean, I'm not. no one else is even coming to mind right now. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going, uh, I'm going over. Yeah. Okay, Washington Wizards, our favorite team to hate. Um, oh yeah, twenty six and a half. I was gonna take the under, no matter what you said. So we'll I'm take taking the under. no, I'm taking the under. If you said one and a half, I would have taken the under. <laughs> <laughs> I am totally on board for the Rui Hachimura experience. So, um, and I totally think that they'll be holding. Uh, who's who's the guy they just signed to an extension? Beal, yeah, they'll be holding Beal out of games come come February. 
Yeah, like, I think Beal shuts it down after the All Star game, basically. Yeah, I don't think that extension had anything to do with staying in Washington. I think it had to do with guaranteeing some cash. And... Yeah, but they cannot trade him this season. That is part of it, though. That's part of the deal. It's not the typical. No, it's part of the CBA. Like the way the... it's part of the way that extensions work. It... Okay. Yeah. But why could they trade Kevin Love on his extension, but not Beal? Um, I don't. I thought know. there was just a certain amount of days that was. I, uh, I have no right. idea. That's what I have heard. I could be wrong because you bring up a good point. Okay, yeah, I, I'll have to I look at that. I think it has to do with the fact that Beal had two more years before his extension, and okay. Kevin Love had one, but I'm not 100 percent sure. That at least makes some semblance of sense. Yeah, that, so, that's just me I'll guessing. But, yeah. Okay, so um. Uh, we should probably start wrapping this up. Do you guys want to do uh, NBA postseason awards? Sure. Okay, so uh, rookie of the year. No idea. <laughs> You're the wrong guy I, to I ask. Skip. I mean, it's a hard, it's so hard. Yeah. I mean, other than like Anthony Davis, it's hard to know who's going to win rookie of the year. Because you yeah. got to think about like situation and playing time. Not and... Anthony Davis, uh, Zion Williamson, you mean. No, I'm no, I'm literally saying oh, like, like the, the year Anthony he won. Davis yeah. year. I was pretty comfortable got saying it, it'll be it. Anthony Davis. I mean, it might not be Zion if he doesn't play enough games. Yeah, I'm gonna put on my whining gold colored glasses. <laughs> there you go. go. Do it. Let's go for it. I wasn't about his draft pick in the first place, but yeah, I'm just going full steam, Homer. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go Zion anyway. I think he comes back and, and plays uh, after. It's a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. plays really well. Like, he could play half a season and still get rookie of the year. Okay. Um, next one. Uh, <laughs> All-star game MVP. What is that? <laughs> I can't even. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All-star <laughs> game MVP. No. That, okay. So, the all-star game is in Chicago this year. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Jimmy Butler, all-star game MVP. Uh, I'm going to say Russell Westbrook because he's the only person yeah. that cares enough to try. Yeah, okay. That's a Where he tried to hang it famous yeah. in the uh, all-star game in New Orleans. So I'll okay. go Russell Westbrook. Coach of the year. Um, Quinn oh, Snyder. Brad Stevens. I'm going to go uh, Eric. Yeah, Brad Stevens is a really good pick. Did I'm gonna go Eric Spolster though. That's a good pick. I mean, but he's I, won it before. Right? Yeah, but I almost think that helps his case. Actually, no. I'm gonna go. He's got to deal with Butler all year though. I I just think that's gonna fight him. Yeah, God, that's a tough one. I think it's gonna be Stevens. I mean, he's really well liked by the media. Yeah, I think he's gonna have the objective. Like he's gonna win more games. He's gonna have a try hard team. And, and literally, Boston's going to be right like, excited. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think. Oh, you talked me into it. it. That's a good. That's. A I good just pick. think the Jazz going to outperform the Celtics, and they're going to outperform expectations. So they're going to have a better case than Celtics, even if. Yeah, the problem with me with the Jazz is market. I just think you. Can, it's so hard to win awards in that market. Like in, for example. Yeah. Well, Utah is even harder than Toronto. We should got a whole Fair country in Toronto. Fair enough, but they're Canadian. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> community Assist Award. No, we're skipping that one. Um, defensive Player of the Year. Oh, man. I, oh. That's a, that's a, a lot of candidates one. this year. Yeah. I mean, who won it last year? Was it Paul George? Yes. Okay. Um, boy. Ah, man, that is tough. There's that so many tough. good defensive players. I, I, I mean, step in if you need a minute. Well, I feel like um, you could pick anyone on the Clippers, honestly. Oh, no, you could pick Rudy, Gobert won, Rudy Gobert won it last year. Yeah, and he could win it again. Yeah. I mean, he's a stud. Yeah. And there's literally no other player like him in the NBA. So yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Rudy again. I'm gonna go, yeah, because all the good defensive players on the Clippers may take away from the individual excellence of anyone. Oh, I do have a sleeper. So my sleeper for that is Bam Adebayo, who I think Miami will have a sneaky good defense, and he could he could be a big part of that. But yeah. who's your pick, Ryan? Uh, I'm going to go, well, out there, but not really that out there, and say instead the Clippers' defense actually helps the case. I'm going to go Kawhi Leonard because yeah, there's going to think... be such a hype machine around that team this year yeah. that he's going to get credit for the fact that everyone already knows he's great at defense and his abil- and his accomplishments are going to be even further magnified. Now, that's a good call. Okay. Um... All right. I, I, I a sleeper pick for um, defensive player of the year. Okay, uh, Andre Drummond. Yeah, he could get it for sure. I, I think, can see that. I think Embiid he's not could a get shot it. blocker, but I see it. I think Embiid could get it as the best player on the best defensive team, which I think. I mean, Giannis. Giannis could get it. Giannis could get it too. The problem she is, might, is I think Giannis that, will probably get the MVP. No, I think it'll go to Harden. I think Harden's gunning for MVP all year this year. Like, yeah, but I think Giannis is. I think the. I think he's going to be seen as more valuable. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that'll be the, the take all year. All right, so we moving on to MVP okay. or defensive okay. player? <laughs> uh, ex- executive of the year? No, we don't care. Um, oh, executive. I'm gonna go David Griffin. Uh, M- oh, we yeah. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, David Griffin, I'm going to agree with you. He's going to get executive of the year. Finals MVP. Kawhi right, no. Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Well, who's your finals MVP? Uh, I, I'm just going to take a crazy shot and just say they overperform and say LeBron. I'm gonna, oh, wow. wow. I'm, going, I'm going Giannis. I think okay. this I'm is the year to- they put it together. I'm mostly saying LeBron, not because I think it'll actually happen, but because I think he deserves at least one more Finals MVP from the 2015 series. So okay. maybe Karma will fix it. Okay, yeah, he was he was incredible. Okay, right so a regular season MVP. Um, I could see Steph getting it. Okay, Ryan, I'm gonna go for a crazy dark horse and say Jokic. Jokic. Yeah, that's, a good that's, a, that's a good pick. Uh, that's not that dark. No, well, I don't think it's just. I don't think it's that it dark just either. Crazy for a center to get it, especially in this era. But I think they're going to do well enough in the regular season. It's going to be hard to deny. The players around him will get better, and he'll get credit for it. I think there's a really good chance. 
I, if the if the Trailblazers win like fifty five, I think Lillard will get it. He he kind of I think he'll get like a lifetime achievement MVP. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely he'll get the, the Steve Nash MVP award. No, it's different. He'll get the Kobe one, the lifetime achievement one. <laughs> Nash was a stylistic thing, and they were yeah. the best team those years. So, right, best regular season team. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, so for MVP, I'm gonna go Harden just because I think that is his Larry O'Brien trophy. It's, yeah. it's the MVP trophy. He's gonna be gunning for that all year. Like he has spent the entire offseason bitching about how he didn't get MVP. Um. And so he's gonna he's going scorched earth on regular season. Uh, well, okay, so that's a good question. Would you rather have this year Harden or Giannis? Not just this year, not like for the next five. Just no, I'd rather have Giannis every year, ever, because <laughs> Harden is one of my least favorite players of all time. Well, okay, Ryan, how about you? Uh, for what team? You mean if we could just magically steal him for the Cavs? I'm saying. Or just- I'm saying you're a GM, and it, every contract's only a one-year contract, and you get the first pick. Who are you taking? Uh, I'm, taking I'm taking Kawhi, but... <laughs> but well, between the two. Oh, okay. I honestly would say Harden. You know he's the I, I would say Harden. I think, ah. I think he's the best player. Harden yeah, annoys- he folds in the playoffs every year. But That's Giannis why I can't but Giannis failed to the wall from Nick Nurse. All he did was stake out five guys across the key, and suddenly Giannis was defeated. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think I that think team is only their second year in the playoffs. That- right, right, right. But if this was multi-year, I'd totally take Giannis. But for one year, knowing what I believe they can do for me in one year, I'd take Harden. I think this is the year uh, Giannis figures it out and... You might be right, Nate. You might be right. Oh, I think there's a chance you're right. I just I'm not convinced of it yet. Here's the only other issue, though. Playoff Bud. Playoff Bud is a bad coach. Yeah. <laughs> Playoff. Uh, is it? He's a bad coach, or is it, I don't know. Is he's... it regular season? Bud's a good coach. <laughs> you know, it could just what, be that. What, what's the difference? <laughs> that he's oh, like Brad Stevens. He's overachieving. In the playoff, yeah. in, in the regular season, in the playoffs, and it's kind of like, yeah, they've already hit their ceiling because they played at peak efficiency in the regular season. They didn't have an extra gear. Like the anti-Cavs, right? They're the Tom, right, Thibodeau, no, I, I, Tom Thibodeau Bulls. Yeah, the Scott Skiles. Yeah, exactly. The Scott like Skiles it, magic, it, yeah. Yeah. He adds something during the regular season, and that addition is no longer there during the playoffs. It's It makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything to pitch, Ryan? Um, wrap up this this bad boy. Yeah, this is a real short one. All right, uh, I got. Eh, I'll, I'll pitch something completely self-serving. That uh, for years before I followed sports too much, I played in a a whole bunch of different bands. And last one I was in, you can get our album for free on Bandcamp. The band is called Sunspots. The album's called Stay Blank. And you Google it, you can find it and listen to my nice. nice. like a dream pop band. A dream pop band, okay. Yeah, something like that. Oh, kind of psychedelic yeah. teenage band club posies, nice. stuff like that. A little power pop going on. Yeah. Um. Well, interesting. I'll have to check it out. Uh. And what do you play? Are Are you the front <laughs> um, man? <laughs> I love no, the I, title. I'm big dumb. 
big dumb sunset <laughs> yeah that's a great song i love that uh no i play uh well we used to call it the death star because it's a keyboard with all kinds of weird electronics hooked up to it oh no nice. essentially just recording a bunch of different effects but yeah the singer and the songwriter for the band and guitarist uh has the same first and middle name as me which was always fun so well there you go we decided to call one of us black ryan and one of us white ryan and apparently somehow i became black ryan <laughs> so I like I love band names, so I think that's a pretty good band name. The Sunspots, I like that. I always, just, I always wanted to have a band called the Vegan Meatballs. <laughs> you know, vegan meatballs were one of the best synthetic meat products, at least back when I was vegan. They had these vegan meatballs at American Harvest that were amazing. You just cook them some in, mar- in some marinara sauce, and it did really. I'm, I'm sorry, you only get products. one pitch for podcast. Yeah. I'm just supporting your pitch of vegan I'm just burgers. I'm just messing with you, Ryan. <laughs> really? I couldn't tell. Okay, Tom, what's your pitch? It's hard uh, to top that. Yeah, it is. Um I finished a audiobook called The Aviators and it was outstanding. And I think anyone interested at all in American history or aviation history would enjoy it. It's about um Eddie Rickenbacker from Columbus, commonly mispronounced Rickenbacker. Uh, Charles Lindbergh, of course, of the flight. You, you know, want me to sing Trans- you the Atlantic song flight. from the fifties about about the the Red Baron and Eddie Rickenbacker? When I'm done, and then uh, <laughs> Jimmy Doolittle. But uh, really outstanding. So it's a huge book, um, and I knew I would not have enough patience to sit down and just read it so i got the 13 you know disc audio book and listened to it over the course of about a month on my rides to and from work and it was just really captivating and inspiring oh cool um i guess i haven't really checked out too much new lately um i'm gonna recommend the movie widows um which is liam neeson and i'm trying to remember the actress See, I I should have this stuff queued up, but I don't. Um, it's got a good cast, though. Yeah, what? This is the worst segue. I swear to God. Um, the, the Viola, Viola Davis. Um, it's a heist movie of all women. So Viola, the the plot of the movie is at the beginning. Uh, Viola Davis's husband dies, and uh, the mob wants her to pay them that the money that Liam Neeson who's her husband stole from them. So she has to do a heist to get this money back. So oh, Robert uh, Duvall is in that. Yeah. It's a really good cast. Robert Duvall, um, Michelle Rodriguez, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Colin Farrell, uh, Viola Davis. It, it's, it's an excellent little, uh, crime flick. So it's by, uh, the same director who did, uh, 10 years a slave. And, uh, was it 12 years a slave? Well, that was the better, uh, the non-direct-to-video one. No, I'm, yeah, it was 12 years late. Sorry. <laughs> That's close. I, I, I'm, it's late. I'm tired. Um, so that, so yeah, that was really good. And then the other one that I will recommend is a completely ridiculous movie that's on HBO right now called, um, Mortal Engines. And it is a, it's so bad. It's so bad, but it's so fun. So the premise of the movie, it is a thousand years in the future and the apocalypse has happened and the only people left 
are on these giant mobile steampunk cities that go and eat other cities. <laughs> I saw the previous to that. I actually have it downloaded. And, but and it is absolutely as ridiculous as it sounds. And uh, and it's it's uh, Steve Jackson from, uh, you know, the Lord Peter, of the Rings movie. Peter, Peter Jackson. Jackson. Jesus. Dude, your first names tonight are just <laughs> yeah, all so over good. the place. Okay, Who did so, you call Spencer Dinwiddie? What first name did you give him? I thought like, I called him Spencer. No, Dinwiddie. he did he not. Dinwiddie. I don't think he gave him a first name. No, no, he did. You said you said like Chet Dinwiddie. Chet Dinwiddie. I said Pierre Delecto is what I said. Oh, is that the burner account? Yeah, that's the Mitt Romney burner, Pierre Delecto. No, 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 it wasn't Mitt Romney. Wasn't yes, it, um, it was. It's Mitt Romney's burner is Pierre Delecto. I thought it was uh, what's his face? It's burner. No, it was Mitt Romney's. Oh, okay. So there you go. Anyway, Mortal Engines. It's a terrible movie, but a lot of fun. Uh, uh, Hugo Weaving is the bad guy, and that's all you need to know. Ah, oh, Peter Jackson and Hugo Weaving Prince back Paul. together. Yeah. Uh, Elrond, Elrond and, uh, and P-Jax back together. Very good. Very good. Hey, I got those names right. Okay. And this has been Cavs a Blog. And as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. <laughs> Night, go guys. Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blog Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Lost your Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.